First, Najib Razak denied even knowing Joe Lowe. Then he said he did know him, but they weren't close. Today, Najib admitted that he was in fact in direct contact with the businessman to ensure his accounts were flushed with cash to issue cheques. By the Malaysian Insight, this is The People vs. Najib Razak. Follow us into the courtroom where it all happens. I'm Patrick Teo. SRC proceedings only kicked off after lunch as Najib's lawyer, Shafi Abdullah, was preoccupied with another case in the morning. Najib, dressed in a pinstripe suit and red tie, arrived at court at 2pm and briskly made his way up to Judge Nasalan's courtroom, which has been relocated to the third floor of the court complex. Before taking his seat on the witness stand, he stayed behind in the public gallery and chatted with his aides while waiting for the judge to arrive. This was his second week of being cross-examined by the prosecution. For the past two days, Prosecutor V. Sitambaram picked and prodded at Najib over his allegedly forged signatures and bank statements. Today, he decided to hone in on the former PM's credit card expenditures. Najib had two credit cards from Ambank, a Visa Platinum and Mastercard Platinum. He had charged close to 4 million ringgit on both. He spent the most at Di Grossogono, a hefty 3.2 million ringgit, while on holiday in Italy. He said he was buying a gift at the Swiss jeweller for the wife of Sheikh Ahmed bin Jassim Al Thani, who was the Prime Minister of Qatar at the time. He said it was a gesture of goodwill. Ray will tell us more. If you remember, Najib received a thank you note from the Sheikh's wife for the gift. Sitam said the note was only produced after the event to explain the 3.2 million ringgit purchase, to which Najib disagreed. The lawyer also pointed out that Najib's credit card limit was only 3 million ringgit and that he had exceeded it when making that one purchase. Najib told the court that he had only purchased one piece of jewellery, but Sitam referred to his credit card statements which showed that it was for 10 pieces. Looks like it was a set, the lawyer said. I have to check with my wife. She made the purchase, Najib replied. Sitam quipped that only a woman knows what another woman likes. Some giggles were heard in the courtroom. Najib had also charged the cards with various personal expenses despite having previously said that the jewellery was the only personal purchase he made. Among others, he had spent 127,000 ringgit for a hotel stay at the Shangri-La in Bangkok and 130,000 US dollars at a Chanel outlet in Honolulu, Hawaii. To Najib, these expenses were considered, quote, less significant. Compared to the Arab donation, Sitam quizzed. These would be considered significant amounts for other people. Yes, Najib said. Sitam then brought up BlackBerry phone messages between fugitive businessman Joe Lowe and Joanna Yu, the Ambank relationship manager. The prosecutor said that Joe kept track of Najib's transactions, but the XPM disagreed. The prosecutor directed Najib to a message where Joe asked Joanna to check on a transfer of 27 million ringgit because, quote, MNR wants to write checks, unquote. 
The money was transferred from Purmai Binaraya, a company linked to Joe, to Najib's 880 and bank account. It is clear that Jolo was making sure that you had enough money to write checks, Sitam observes. It would appear so, the former PM replied. To drive home the point, Sitam brought up other instances to show that Joe was indeed keeping Najib's accounts flushed with cash. One of them happened on August 21, 2014. Joe had informed Joanna that Najib wanted to issue a 5 million ringgit check and told her to make sure that his account had enough money. On another occasion, Joe asked the banker if there was enough funds in quote, MNR's accounts. Unquote. Najib had issued a 10 million ringgit check, which then caused his account to be overdrawn. Najib confirmed that he did in fact issue those checks. He also admitted that he was directly in contact with Joe in some instances to ensure that the checks went through. When court resumed, Sitam asked Najib if he was surprised that SRC had defaulted on the KWAP loan. Najib's answer was that he was never informed of the company's development on a regular basis. That's because you did not take an interest in SRC despite being the PM, finance minister and advisor emeritus. Do you agree? Sitam asked. Najib replied that he was dependent on the board of directors If matters were referred to me, then I would take action. SRC is a company like any other. Hence, you did not take an active interest, the prosecutor shot back. No, I disagree, Najib said. I wanted the money returned from Switzerland. That's what you say, but there is no evidence to show that. That may have been an intention of yours, but it is not recorded anywhere, Sitam said. The lawyer then quizzed the former PM on why he didn't allow second finance minister Ahmad Husni Hanatsla to go to Switzerland to retrieve the money. Najib had earlier reasoned it was because Husni didn't put in a formal request to do so. Sitam said it would have been more effective to send a government representative, but Najib said that was debatable. He wanted a proper plan, but he never told Husni so. I put it to you that you didn't want him to go and bring the funds back, the prosecutor said. But Mr. Disagree, as we dubbed him in a couple of episodes ago, disagreed. He said he wanted the money back, but if it couldn't be retrieved, the government would have to step in. But Najib's government never did, as they were voted out in the previous general elections. And that brought day 68 to an end. The SRC trial will continue on January 20th. This podcast was produced, written and mixed by Revati Supramaniam, Yapik Kwan and Yvonne Lim. I'm Patrick Teo.